Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. I want to dive right in with a topic I'm really passionate about in this podcast. And this is going to be more of an exhortation to you, more of an encouragement, more of a little bit of instruction than it is going to be an analysis of something going on in current culture. On the other hand, now that I think about it, it's exactly what's going on in current culture. Uh, let me start with some criticism I received. And please trust me that I get lots of criticism, uh, lots of negative feedback, which is what it means to contend in the public debate on the public stage in this world. Um, and I'm not just reacting here in this podcast. Some people do that. They get criticized and they fire back in their recordings. And I'm not doing that. I want to talk about a broader trend. Uh, but, but recently, in the last six months or so, um, though I have been very clear that I who I can't vote for and very clear about how I feel about the president, which is tepid at best, and very clear about where I stand in politics, more so than I think most folks who do what I do. Um, I've received some criticism. Now, that, that's okay. I'm perfectly happy to receive criticism. What's interesting to me about the criticism is that it was based on almost a feeling the people got from the words that I used without looking at the meaning of the words themselves. And so not only did they draw the wrong conclusion, but then they went after me um, on a false basis. Now, again, my point's not to defend myself. I don't need to do that. Those of you who listen to this podcast know exactly where I stand, what I believe. You're either with it or you're not, but at least you're listening, and I welcome you, and I'm glad you're here. I love the diversity of all of you who listen to this podcast. It's tremendous. But we live in a society where we are used to doing what Benjamin Franklin told us not to do, and that's judging a book by its cover. We, we don't judge a book by its cover. We judge the clickbait. <laughs> we judge a whole subject by the clickbait online. Somebody says something incendiary. Somebody lights us up with some sentence that's meant to make us click uh, on some hypertext. And we don't even click on the hypertext. We just draw a conclusion from the clickbait and we believe it's gospel, you know, Trump murders another cabinet member. Click here. Um, Joe Biden, uh, you know, is running a child sex ring, trafficking ring in Moscow or whatever, you know, and people don't even bother to click on it to read and they just draw conclusions. Well, I want to challenge you because most of you who listen to this are leaders in some form. Uh, you look to me for some degree of analysis, but also to help you think perhaps like a leader. How do we think? How do we conduct ourselves in this culture? And so I, I, want, to, I want to speak to this uh, because we know from brain scientists that scanning the internet is, is actually changing our brains and rewiring our brains to some degree. It's why in times past and previous podcasts, I've urged you to actually read books. I've urged you also, by the way, to read paper books just from time to time. I read primarily on an iPad for practical reasons. I've actually fallen in love with it. And by the way, for you know reasons like having the lamp on at night when my wife's trying to sleep isn't, is, is not that much fun for her. So it's much better to read from a dim iPad. There are all kinds of reasons. Plus, I just like the fact that I'm carrying a whole library on my iPad. But uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is, 
that we not only are rewiring our brains a bit by only reading digital text, uh, it's the way, it's the culture of digital text. Um, it's the way that clickbait is written. I mean, we now know that Russia was involved in the 2016 election um, and they, they put out uh, incendiary uh, social media posts and people bought it. And most of it wasn't true, but they knew that Americans were particularly susceptible to certain kinds of incendiary titles, certain kind of language, uh, certain, certain allegations. And of course it wasn't true. And, and as you know, uh, though, I think there were good reasons to have suspicions about Hillary Clinton. One of the silliest things ever said was that Hillary Clinton was running a child trafficking ring out of a, the basement of a pizza parlor and a guy who believed this garbage actually showed up with a gun and and was going to liberate these these people who were being run uh, were being tried he's going to liberate the children literally that Hillary Clinton was holding in the basement of a pizza parlor in upstate New York well you, you understand how silly this gets but my point is that what's happened over time is not just that there's false stuff in social media, not just that there are lies and, you know, QAnon kinds of silliness, but uh, my point is that we get in the habit of scanning clickbait, of scanning incendiary social media t- uh, titles online as though they're facts. Now, I grew up, of course, in an age of newspapers. I'm not that old, but I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were all reading newspapers. And you, you, you got used to reading the headlines. And yeah, maybe you weren't interested in the story about the athlete, but you did learn that, you know, Tom Brady signed with the Patriots. Or you did, or you learned that General so-and-so resigned. Or you learned that the new Secretary of the Treasury is so-and-so. And you didn't maybe want to read the whole article, but you could, but you could pick up the basic facts in the title. That's the way journalism was done. And there might have been some bias in the actual article, but at least the title, at least the stuff you were scanning, was basically true. So you could learn a few things. You know, I didn't, uh, you know, I learned a lot just by scanning the titles about things I didn't really care that much about, but I wanted to basically stay informed. Um, Now, though, the idea, the goal is to get you to click on something no matter what is said. Uh, and so highly incendiary and false things are said. I'm especially intrigued recently by these claims, you know, you ought to see such and such a movie star now. Wow. She used to be beautiful, but now she, and when you actually go to that article, you can stay on in that article for 58 minutes and not see anything about the star that you clicked on, on it to learn about. They put a, what they've really done is bait you and bring you in to expose you to a lot of other advertising. Or I read an article recently somebody sent me and it was, it was, the title was about a certain thing, but you, let's say for example, it was about, I'm just making this up now, it was about how Rock Hudson died, a a major movie star. Some of you may not know. Um, but, but what happened was I, I was being asked to read almost 30 minutes of stuff about his earlier life, not his death. Well, this, 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 this was about exposing me to paragraphs that were then surrounded by advertising. It's clickbait. It's meant to make me click. And so my point is that what's happening is whether we are catching ourselves at it or not, is that we are taking the information in titles in clickbait as factual And so what happened here recently, not that it's the major issue here, it's just what's prompting me to say something, um, is that I, 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 any of you who listen to this podcast know I've already said I can't vote for Joe Biden. 
uh, and I'm deeply uh, opposed to many of the positions of Kamala Harris. However, I did say, and I'm sure the folks who fashioned my social media for me said it pretty much in these terms, that the appointment of Kamala Harris as vice president, uh, vice presidential nominee for the Democratic Party, was a smart move. It was a smart move. In fact, there's a lot of that move that I've been urging uh, um, Republicans in D.C. for a long time. Appoint a woman. Uh, appoint uh, someone who's, who's not white. Um, let's, let's, let's diversify this thing. Let's become the party of inclusion. Let's open it up. A lot of black conservatives, a lot of Asian conservatives get, don't, don't, why, why are we always running white people, older white people? You know, um, I would say those kinds of things to the Republicans. So here comes Joe Biden, you know, maybe the whitest man on the planet other than me, uh, by, by terms of style and nature and so on. Uh, and what does he do? He appoints Kamala Harris, who's got a very diverse background, very accomplished woman, uh, very articulate. Uh, I don't agree with her on much of anything, but it was a smart move. So I say it's a smart move in a podcast. My my social media geniuses, um, you know, pick that up and I'm sure put it in posts. And the next thing I know, some of my friends are getting phone calls. What the heck is wrong with Mansfield? He's gone socialist. He's going to back Biden. He, he thinks Kamala Harris is a brilliant choice. What's going on with him? Where, where did he go wrong? You need to go talk to him. Well, my friends fortunately know me and know that none of that's true. Not that it, by the way, matters. They aren't friends with me because of my politics, but my politics are pretty well known. I mean, I've got to be one of the people in America who makes his politics about as public as he possibly can by way of teaching people. My point is that these people were uh, very concerned that I've fallen off the rails, that I, that I had gone crazy, that I was actually a hypocrite. Uh, hold extolling certain values maybe from a pulpit, but completely different values out there in the public square. Not true. Not true at all. But what they had done is they had at, at the at best misunderstood titles, and at at worst uh, they had taken uh, you know they had just gotten some impression they hadn't even read the words. They certainly hadn't listened to the podcast, or they could never have said what they what they said. I I want to take it a step further and say to you that I've had, because of my writing and the things I've said in media, I've had my life threatened several times. I've had to involve the FBI at times. I think I may have said this before. Um, I've had pr- pretty dangerous situations. And I got to tell you, I'm a moderate. I'm, I'm slightly right of center. Uh, I'm not radical or extreme. I don't, I don't have a style of going after people publicly. I'll say things like I can't vote for a guy or I think Biden's an extremely weak candidate or, you know, maybe guess at a, at an election and put that out there on a podcast for my immediate listeners. But for the most part, uh, I'm not that incendiary. Um, but I've had folks on both the left and the right threaten my life for the things that I've written. Uh, for the things that I believe, which are, again, I have to say, relatively moderate. I mean, there are a couple of issues on which I'm absolutely firm, but but I, but, I, but I'm relatively moderate. So if, if that's going to happen with me, then what's going to happen to the broader culture? If that's going to happen to me, what's going to happen in the broader culture? So my reason for doing this podcast is not that I'm all, my feelings are all hurt because somebody misunderstood and got mad and got concerned about what I believe. My, my reason for doing this is to urge you, especially since you're leaders, especially since you're aspiring. I have a lot of young folks who really want to achieve and accomplish. One of the things you've got to do is go beyond the clickbait, go beyond the headlines. In fact, you've got to go beyond the internet to a large extent. 
I can't tell you how many conversations I have with the young. I spend a lot of time on college campuses and, and with the young wherever I go. And I can't tell you how many times they are repeating something they heard on, picked up on the internet as though it's true. And, and, and it's not. I mean, the internet is like Speaker's Corner in London. It's, it's, uh, it's great. It's wonderful to hear all these views aired. It's great that we have the freedom to do it. Doesn't mean that everything that's said is true. It's that guy's version of truth. And you've got to dig in a little bit. You've got to go a little further. You've got to you know, analyze. You've got to think this thing through. And the other thing that I have to tell you that the young tend to do is they tend to absorb offense on the internet. Uh, I've talked to young men, for example, who talk about it. And I give you, this is an extreme, and I don't mean to pick on everybody who says this, but I've talked to young men, for example, who talk to me about being abused by the church and how abusive the church is. Well, I know I have enough church experience to know there's not a the church. I mean, there's the invisible church of Jesus Christ, but there's not the church. You have, we have humanly experiences of lots of different churches. And so when I press this guy a little bit, said, tell me exactly what your experience was. Tell me exactly what happened. Turns out this kid wasn't raised in the church, hadn't been to church very much, considered himself a Christian, went to a Bible study on campus, but he was absorbing offense over the sexual abuse of children by Catholic priests. This kid wasn't even Catholic. Now, I'm not saying that the abuse of children by Catholic priests isn't horrible. It's one of the scourges of our age. It's an, it's an absolute shame. And yes, they should be prosecuted, as they should in any other denomination. However, my point is, this kid had only read about it, talked about it as though it happened to him last week, and had actually set his trajectory in life and his attitude towards quote-unquote organized religion based on what he'd read on the internet. And when I sat him down, and I tried to be as gentle as I could, and said, hold up, let's separate the offense you picked up online from what you've actually experienced. It turned out almost every church, every Christian he'd ever known had treated him nothing but kindness, um, welcomed him, helped him, served him, rescued him, Christian cops, you know, choosing not to give him a ticket or not, you know, call his parents or whatever, all kinds of things. In other words, his experience of Christianity had been marvelous personally, but he walked around bitter and angry uh, acting anyway, because he was acting like a Catholic choir boy from the 1950s. And again, not hammering Catholics here. I'm just saying this kid was, had never darkened the door of a Catholic church. You understand my point. So if we're going to be effective, if we're going to be healers, if we're going to be smart, if we're going to be knowledgeable, we've got to stop just surfing the waters of knowledge at the level of internet clickbait. We've got to stop assuming we know from the titles. You can't do what I did when I was a kid. I remember I'd get up in the morning, Berlin, Germany, pick up my copy of Stars and Stripes from the front porch, pour my cereal, read it for 20 minutes. Pretty much by the time I was done, I'd either scanned facts and titles or I'd read interesting articles and I'd trot off to school feeling like I was informed because I knew my homeroom teacher was going to ask questions. That's what they did. And uh, fantastic. But you can't do that today. And so while I'm not offended that guys would call my friends and say, Mansfield's gone off the rails, would you please go rescue him? The fact is, everything they'd concluded wasn't true. Why? Because they had simply scanned with one eye closed and a milky film over the other one. They had simply scanned what they thought was being said about me or what they thought I had said, and they were wrong. Now, people have been killed over such things. People's lives have been threatened. Elections have been decided. Uh, Russia got involved in our 2016 election knowing that we're susceptible to this stuff. How much worse is that going to get? 
So what I want to urge in this podcast is that you listen, that you pay attention, that you drill down, and that you realize that what you see initially on the internet is like walking Times Square in New York. Bright lights, uh, exalted claims, not facts. If you're going to lead, if you're going to understand, if you're going to change systems, you've got to, under, you've got to know the facts. And that means you can't just go with a clickbait level of understanding. So I'm not hurt. I'm not offended. I'm not bringing this to you because I'm hurt or offended. I'm actually laughing at it. But what I'm not laughing at is that these people who came to my friends might be young leaders on the rise. They might be older guys who have positions of responsibility. I dread the idea that they would live life and execute their lives and use their gifts and use what powers they might have one day or have now in the service of bad, bad information, false information. And since we've got the whole world arming up here, I mean, we might literally have folks go to war. We might literally have somebody show up at a pizza shop and shoot the owner uh, because he thinks there's, there's something going on in the basement that's absurd. Absolutely absurd. So pay attention to how you get information. Pay attention to what you take as information. Pay attention to what you're reading. Is it a fact or is it something you're absorbing off the internet that was written to incite you and get you to click so that you saw you know, that ad for the new cream that would clear up your skin? Okay, let's make a difference. Let's know our facts so that we can. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.